Hello. Hello. Hi. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm excellent. Thank you for taking the time to uh, meet with me today. Sure. No problem. Um, so I may have said that um, this is a, an assignment for my, the, the name of the class is Developing Effective Digital Engagement Projects for Museums. Nice. So um, this is my first semester at Johns Hopkins. I'm working on my museums, museum studies master's degree. Um, so oh, wonderful. Actually, one of our former one of our former employees is in that program, I believe. Um, her name's Carolyn, uh, Caroline Ralston. Does Ralston, not, I'm I think, familiar. Um, <laughs> might be the same program. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so she, she just started um, and is having a great time. So yeah, it's, uh, it's uh, become very apparent to me that like when, when you are in a school that's like so such a big deal that you get really big deal like opportunities. So um, I've got to talk to a lot of cool, cool people in, um, in it for another class. So it's pretty exciting. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's great. So, so um, I got a chance to look at your questions. Um, I haven't really drafted anything formally. Just oh, no, no, this is completely, this is completely <laughs> informal. And in fact, I also have to tell you that um, I am recording because um, in mm -hmm. order to turn in my assignment, I have to have a, an audio recording of it. So um, there's that. But um, first, can you just tell me sure. what your, um, your kind of path was, um, has been from, I don't know, education to where you are right now? Sure. So I've, I've kind of taken a circuitous route to where I am. Um, I actually started out thinking I was going to work strictly in the performing arts realm. Okay. But I grew up here in Fredericksburg and have always loved history. So my undergrad was in production studies in the performing arts. Okay. Um, specifically, my focus was on theater. Mm -hmm. And um, then I went on and did my master's in arts administration, arts management, excuse me, but also known as administration. Mm -hmm. And that was, I call it an MBA for the nonprofit arts world. Okay. Um, kind of, like museum studies was a part of that. Yeah. Um, but some of us were focused on the, on the performing arts and visual arts. Um, not specific to museums, but some people were interested in going the gallery route. Um, some were interested in going, you know, symphony and musical route. Then there were the theater people. And so we were all under the umbrella of arts management. Okay. And that was at Carnegie Mellon. So I finished there in 2008 and the world, you know, crashed economically. Yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, it took me a little while to get my footing um, in the job world, but I started out working in the regional theater um, kind of, realm doing fundraising and I, I did that out in San Diego so I was a, a annual fund manager so um, managing campaigns for um, for, for donor um, you know benefits memberships for those donors I, I was in charge of facilitating um, those programs making sure you know they if they gave a hundred dollar donation they received the appropriate benefit for that and right um, did that for about almost five years. And then um, I had the calling to come back home uh, here to Fredericksburg and didn't quite know where I was gonna land. And having a love for history here in Fredericksburg, especially um, this opportunity came about at the George Washington Foundation. And um, we run and operate, as you probably have read, um, two historical house museums, mm -hmm. um, very different um, in its interpretation because over at um, 
George Washington's Ferry Farm, uh, that has been an archeological site for most of the past 25 years that we've owned it um, until we opened the replica house mm -hmm. of George's boyhood home in 2018. Right. Um, that was unearthed and um, discovered by our archaeology team in 2008, but they've been searching for it for almost a decade. Wow. So um, they, they were very excited to find that. And then we began the plans to rebuild it. So that's more of an interactive house museum. People can mm. sit on the furniture, touch the objects, um, much more kid friendly. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, yeah, we, uh, of course, have the complete opposite over here at Historic Kenmore. It is the original house of Betty Washington Lewis and her husband, Fielding Lewis. Right. And so um, over here, it's mostly original and time period um, specific yeah. pieces in the house. Right. Um, I would say up to maybe half of them were, were actually owned by the Lewis family and the other half were just from that time period. And based on those probate inventories, we were able to discern, yes, this is the type of chair they would have owned. Um, whereas over at Washington House, all of that was replicated. So that's why people can sit on it. It's based on 18th century pieces, but um, craftsmen, you know, made them in the 21st century. So, um, so that's kind of a summary of, of where I work now. And it just kind of lined up with my interests because working um, for those theaters, I found that the marketing parts of my job were what I enjoy most, right. especially the digital interpretations and uh, working with social media. So um, this was a great opportunity for me to use those skills of marketing um, and also combined with my love of history. And I get a little bit of theater thrown in there because yeah. we do Shakespeare every summer oh, out yeah. of the lawn here at Kenmore. So I still have a little tie to my, my theater roots, but um, yeah, that's how I ended up here. And I've been here almost six years. Awesome. I love how that, how you can, how you get to incorporate all the th all those things that you have all your skill sets and all that stuff. Yeah, and I work um, with the advancement fundraising team. So we're kind of all in the same department. Marketing communications goes hand in hand with the donor communications. And so I still get to use my skills of, of working in fundraising to, to assist in, in the collateral that goes out to, to our donor base. And um, I still get to maintain relationships with our donors, which is nice, so. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so the technical, the technical, I guess, description of your position is, um, well, what is it technically? Called? Yeah, it's very long. So, yeah. <laughs> um, as is the case in a lot of nonprofits, we take on a lot of responsibilities right. from all areas. So, um, I'm the manager of marketing communications and technology. Um, so I also got the, oh, let me turn my phone off. Sorry. No problem. Um, the technology piece and an IT and website, um, maintenance, um, was, was combined with, with the marketing position. So, um, I get to wear two hats, but, um, yeah, officially a marketing of manager of marketing communications and technology. And, um, that incorporates everything from, um, print, um, pieces that we use for um, just general advertising for um, 
you know, programs at events, you know, handed out, um, you know, I'm creating posters for events and then um, also all the digital aspects of advertising. I'm doing, you know, all of the, the website maintenance and posting of content. And then I'm um, also maintaining our Facebook and Instagram pages and creating that content and um, helping. We have a blog team that um, writes really, really great informational pieces about um, the history here and about, you know, the discoveries we're making. And so I, I collaborate with them as well for um, writing and, um, you know, publishing that blog. And what else? Do you have graphic apps. design skills? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. That's so good, I, um, also another good tool in your belt. <laughs> yeah. So I um, design most of our, our things in house for um, advertising events and visitation. And what program do you use? Um, mostly Photoshop, Adobe. Oh, yeah. Cool. And, um, work with uh, InDesign as well is great. So, you know, I'm just going to check a message. I'm sorry. No worries. I, I know this is um, about you and I'm interviewing you, but I, um, I, a little bit about me just for yeah. some context. Uh, I was in the Marine Corps for eight years and I had a, uh, I, I was in combat camera. So photography, videography, and um, um, graphic design. I was a graphic designer and, but oh. we kind of got, um, we kind of got trained on everything, just kind of like your job, trained on everything. Yeah. Yep. So um, uh, I just happened to be stationed at Quantico when they needed to to make this museum um, piece for a general that they were gonna um, dedicate a building for General Walt and they put me in charge of it. Nice. And so um, that kind of led me to this career path. Um, so fast forward after I got out of the Marine Corps, I actually did also work in a, um, a marketing department for the Marine Corps Community Service. So oh, nice. I feel like we have a lot of very similar skill sets. Yeah, so. definitely. Yeah. And, um, you know, I kind of just learned by doing once I got yeah. here with the graphic design aspect. Um, you know, we do um, work on the higher end pieces, you know, work with a printer, right. to, uh, you know, company that, that will help us lay things out. But, you know, for most of just the, the general um, collateral that we're putting out there, I, I designed that. And um, Adobe's been good for that. It, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, most of the time you have like an artistic eye, which I'm sure you do because you are in theater and all that stuff then, yeah. um, and you know how to craft a message. It's that's half the battle. So exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I have the sweetest mom. I'm sorry to be texting, but she's like, I came with the shy to drop off a chai tea. She's like, I'm coming by your office to drop off tea. And I was like, thank you, mom, but I can't come get it. Oh, but luckily she, she lives just three blocks away. Okay. So when I get off here, I can go get it. Oh. Um, it's very nice living in your hometown and close to your parents. Yeah, I live very far away from my mom, but she sent me a text today that her, we bought her a magnolia tree for her birthday over oh. the summer. And she sent, she's like, look what's blooming. And I was like, oh my God, I wish I was there. Yeah, where does yeah. she live? She lives in Northern Illinois. So Rockford, Illinois, okay. um, that's where I'm from. And it's where I hope my whole family is, but I settled here because I really love, um, the history and the opportunities that are going to present them themselves here in this area. Yeah. So, so once you ended, um, at the Marine, you said Marine Corps, right? Yeah. So uh, I was in the Marine Corps. Then I worked for a little while in a marketing department and then I was, then I decided to go back to school. So I went to UMW. Oh um, yeah. <laughs> so did you do the historic preservation program there? 
I did. I graduated in December and, um, okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, I, I keep dropping names, but Sasha. Erpenbach. Yes, 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 yes. She was an intern with us and she's fabulous. Yeah, she is. I had a couple classes with her and she graduated a semester before me. Mm-hmm. And yeah, she's off doing her. I think she's doing grad school right now too, but she is yeah. so fabulous. She's so sweet, so smart. So yeah, yeah we, we loved having her here and um, I still see her around every now and then, but I think she's working for uh, Red, Red Hill or Red Oak. Yeah, I I am her friend on Facebook, so I see every once in a while. (laughs) Same, Um, same. But um, yeah, that's great programs. A lot of people that have um, come to work for us have come through that program. So imagine you see a lot of the students for um, tours and uh, you probably see Mm Uh, Dr. Turdian a lot. <laughs> yes, yes. Kenmore tour. Did you do the the backstage tour of Kenmore where you go in the attic? Did uh, we didn't that? get to go in. There was something going on, but we couldn't go in. But I did. We did a tour, and it was uh, just the first floor. But yeah, one of the most interesting things about that tour is that everyone was always like, "Why are the ch- chairs checkered?" Like they didn't realize mm-hmm. that that was probably what it would have looked like. <laughs> Exactly. Like, why does it look like a picnic in the, on the yeah. <laughs> but, so, exactly finding but, out um, the archaeological reasoning behind that was very fascinating yeah it's, it's it's fascinating to me um not being really the historians that they are to to see how they piece together yeah. um like when they did the restoration they found tiny little fragments of wallpaper embedded in in a crack and then they yeah. could figure out what what type of wallpaper that was and they were able to um really restore it back to what what they best guess think it yeah. looked like in 1775 it's from the, the colors <laughs> rugs I mean they found rug fibers mm-hmm. and a floorboard under attack and they yeah. were able to to say okay we know from their records that it was this rug company in England and I don't know if you ever heard this story they ripped out all the floorboards of the dining room during the civil war because post-civil war because it was um union camp and hospital mm-hmm. it got hit by a lot of cannonballs but um there was one board remaining in that dining room and under attack was a tiny red fiber and they knew that dining room carpet was wall to wall and that it came from this um uh, very famous rug maker in england that's still in business today yeah and they three patterns in 1770s that had red in it so we had a one in three chance of getting it right yeah that is so crazy to me. I just love it. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. So um, I, I kind of found found my niche here of of kind of putting together my development skills and fundraising along with um, you know marketing communications. So um, yeah, we we've tried as everybody to pivot in this pandemic to more digital interpretation, mm-hmm. which um, I will admit wasn't something we were really focused on until 2020. Um, you know, we we redesigned our website while we were shut down, mm-hmm. so that was that was a big undertaking. We had been planning it for a while, but finally had the time to sit down and actually build build out the new website. Yeah. Um, and so now we are working on a lot of research information that students like you could benefit from um, and updating all of that that used to be on the website and migrating that over to our blog, which will be more of the research portal um, where the website will be more of a advertising mm-hmm. 
you know, how do I go visit? How do I get there? What do I, yeah, what how do do I, I get tickets? What do I need to know before I go? <laughs> exactly. Whereas then you've got this separate website for all the research. So we're spending a lot of time on that digital interpretation right now, you know, from genealogy to the collection items to um, the biographies of the people who lived here. So um, 2020 definitely was challenging as it was for everybody to keep people engaged mm-hmm. our properties when they were shut down. Um, we were lucky that we were only closed from March to, to July of 2020. So um, Governor Virginia um, gave us enough leeway that we could limit our tour size, which really wasn't that much different than our normal everyday tour yeah. size. <laughs> and um, we were able to keep the doors open the rest of 2020 and, um, you know, still trying to build digital interpretation into what we were doing. So the people who weren't really going out yet could still learn about our sites. And so we did most of that through social media. Um, We built a lot of content that we really hadn't ever done on social media. A lot of different activities for families to do, to learn about the the Washington and the Lewis families. And um, a lot of different um, educational posts, you know, we, we called it Museum Mondays, where we would post a different um, thing from the collection every Monday for people to learn about. Um, we did um, Friday Finds, which was like archaeology specific post about what they were finding over there mm-hmm. at Fairy Farm. And then that morphed into Guess the Artifact. Oh, yeah, I um, do. Obviously, I do follow you guys. And I just yeah. love that. That was that was brilliant because you're like, what is that? <laughs> you know, they were like the oddest things. Yeah. It could be something as simple as like, you know, something from a lantern or yeah. a mug or whatever it was. So, um, so yeah, those were things we'd never done on social media that we tried to engage people that um, that weren't visiting us um, and hopefully keep keep us in their minds for when they could travel again. So. Yeah. I yeah. think that that's key. Um, just to, don't, don't become one of those, um, out of sight, out of mind kind of situations, like exactly. always constantly be thinking, you know, I wonder what Kenmore's up to. I wonder what Fairy Farm's up to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. I think you probably hit some of my questions. Um, the biggest struggle over the past year, I'm sure has been trying to figure out those ways to keep people engaged, even though they can't yeah, and also um, as far as our events go, because that's a big part of our interpretation, not just tours, but we do tons of educational um, programming, um, camps for the children um, throughout the summer. Then we do a big event for George Washington's birthday. We do the 4th of July celebration. We do Shakespeare on the Lawn, like I mentioned, a big lecture series. So there were all these events that we had to pivot into a pandemic style event, yeah. <laughs> which mostly meant outdoors or virtual. So um, that next to keeping people engaged uh, um, digitally, I would say the second struggle was those events and, and still having them amidst uh, what we were going through. We did have to cancel some of them obviously in 2020, mm-hmm. but by the time we reopened in um, mid-July, we were able to do our camps. We did our lecture series outside. Um, you know, we did a few other small educational programs there in the fall time when it was very nice still. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we're gearing up to do um, some spring events here. We just had a music on the lawn event um, this past Saturday. And so we had a colonial band, a little uh, <laughs> group of, of musicians that performed uh, 
18th century music. Nice. So that was, that was a lot of fun. And, um, you know, then we'll have uh, the Shakespeare here in June and um, summer camps as usual. So we're just finding out as we go, you know, how, how can we safely um, have these events and how can we get people here and assure them that it's safe to come. Um, so, you know, we, we've had um, some some hiccups and some things that didn't work, but but um, we're finding our way and, and how to go back to our programming. Yeah, a big thing that we um, we learn in this class is to learn by failure, the, mm-hmm. <laughs> that you can learn just as much from a failure as you can from a success. So. <laughs> so true, so true. So it's good to know that that's actually happening in the real world of museums. <laughs> yes, yes, we're like, okay, and you're like two people came to this program. So obviously it's not what people want, Right. <laughs> you know? So, okay, how can we change this program to be more attractive? Or, right. oh, maybe we didn't do the right kind of marketing. Maybe we didn't choose the right channels to, to advertise them. And uh, what, what ways can we advertise it better um, yeah. this next time, so. Um, let's see. Uh, I think you kind of touched on your, um, do you have additional staff to assist you with your daily duties in regards to digital content and social media? So you said you do a lot of the social media and you have blog posters. Um, just do just a little bit about maybe the, the group of people that you work with each day. Sure. So I am a team of one. Oh, okay. The marketing department. So I do not have um, any staff members directly that report to me and, and help with those things. But um, as I mentioned with the blog and having different writers for that, um, we have this committee of staff from the archaeology department, curatorial um, education and myself that all write content and um, everyone kind of has a different area of expertise, which is, which is nice. And um, something we just implemented was um, having that committee submit content for the social media. Whereas before I was writing all the content, I was finding the photos taking or taking them myself. And because of that, and that workload of having such a, um, you know, such a myriad of duties that, yeah. you know, social media was just a fraction of having, um, all of, all of that, uh, you know, to do, I just couldn't post more than maybe twice a week. It was, right. it just wasn't feasible to come up with the content, but now having the, the committee that does the blog also submit content to me. Um, and this happened last year in the shutdown. So every week, um, when we decided we wanted to post every day to keep people engaged, mm-hmm. um, you know, from middle of March on, then um, I was having their help in um, developing that content for me. So it was like, okay, you know, to the curator, it's Museum Monday. Can you please submit me something about the chair in the dining room or whatever it was we were doing that week? And she'd get me the picture and the text and all I had to do was schedule it. So we've carried that on now post um, being closed and it's, it's really helped. Um, me manage it better. And um, what we're doing to kind of streamline it is we have a monthly meeting that we're calling blog and social media. And um, we have a calendar and I'm really just mapping out the whole month ahead Mm -hmm. and saying, okay, like there's events here and here. And this week is garden week, which is um, actually coming up. You probably know from UMW, the Mm -hmm. historic garden week. Yeah. So, okay. We need garden post on these days or, um, okay, our board is in town now. So we need a, you know, thank the board post or whatever it is. 
so now I'm, I'm using a calendar to really map out a month in advance when it, when I really didn't plan more than a few days right. before. So um, having that committee to help me has been really helpful. So you know the whole strategy now. <laughs> exactly. So it's like interdepartmental working together. So they're, they're not part of the marketing team, but they're, you know, very instrumental in helping me. Everyone, everyone should have a piece of marketing to be quite honest with you. Everyone should be a market, like should be marketing at all times. <laughs> I yes, think definitely. Uh, let's see. Um, what is something that you would really like to, um, what is something that you would really like to do, but are hindered in, um, in regards to digital, what hindered by budget or resources? Ah, <laughs> that is a good question. There's so much. I mean, I imagine you'd love to have a more than one person on your team. Yes. I would <laughs> like to hire someone. Yeah. First. Um, so Gosh, there's a lot. Um, did you say mostly in, in the digital? Yeah, in the classes? digital. Um, Not just, there's, there's a lot in traditional marketing I would love yeah. to do. You know, I don't, I, I don't have any budget for print advertising or media, you know, mm -hmm. ads in the newspaper or anything like that. So um, that is a dying form of marketing, um, advertising in magazines and newspapers. Mm -hmm. But for historic house museums, it actually still is a viable channel. Because yeah. <laughs> the is older. Yes, that is so true. Newspaper and they're getting Southern Living and all of those kind of magazines. So um, on the non-digital side, I would love to have more of an advertising budget. But I'd also like to, on the digital side, be able to place more online ads. Um, one really great thing that we got in 2020 was a grant from Google. Um, if you're a nonprofit, you can apply for um, $10,000 a month worth of Google ads. Oh, wow. So it, it's substantial. Um, and so we were able to, to get those um, up and running late last year. And that's um, hopefully driving more people to our website and hopefully drawing them to take action and buying a ticket or donating to us. But um, yeah. Is that another one of your hats, um, grant writing? Actually, we do have a grant writer. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. That's a very special, um, specific skill that I'm not so sure I have any clue of how it works. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I, I have a very vague understanding from having coworkers do it, but yeah. it's a skill that I, I admire because, yeah. <laughs> you know, I do a lot of writing, of course, but it's a different kind of writing, more technical and mm -hmm. um, writing and asking for money in one job is probably a difficult. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. Um, but if I had to narrow it to one thing I would want to do that budget prohibits, um, it would probably be, I'm kind of debating between a couple of things. Um, I would say it would be more, more advertising, both digitally and, and print. Like um, um, really posting posts or prom uh, promotion, like sponsored posts. Yeah. We, we have a modest, modest, um, Facebook sponsor, um, budget. Um, so for the bigger events, I, I do use, you know, maybe $50 per post, mm -hmm. um, to boost them. But, um, you know, with the local newspaper, you can have ads on their, their website, or, um, you know, you can buy them with, with other websites too, where, you know, in that 
column off to the side, it scrolls mm-hmm. and your ad could pop up. So I would love to be able to do more of more of that advertising. Um, and also it would be really, really nice to have better equipment, mm. have better high resolution scanners, um, yeah. better printers. You know, we, we just use things till it breaks. Do you, what do you have in regards to like cameras and video cameras and um, stuff like that? Yeah. So we have a couple of digital cameras, but they're going on six or seven years old by now. Mm. Um, just some cannons. And then we have um, a video recorder that's used for our blog content. That's video because we do have a YouTube channel as well. And um, that was probably purchased in like 2014 or 15. So as you know, technology is like constantly evolving oh, and, yeah. you know, you're probably better off just using the, the iPhone, um, like video. Cause it's getting amazing, like crazy amazing. <laughs> it really, really is. Yeah. So yeah. Updated video and, and photography equipment and scanners. Um, actually right now I'm in the midst of a project where our hundred year anniversary is next year, um, of the saving of Kenmore in 1922. So, um, we, um, Sorry. You know, when you get the email, like notifications in the corner and I'm like, mm-hmm. what is that? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> off. Um, but we're trying to put together kind of a slideshow of the last hundred years. Mm-hmm. And so next to me, I'll show you. Oh man. <laughs> oh, that looks like a fun pile of things. Yes. That's like early two thousands photos. Oh. Um, so I would love to get it like a grant for like digitizing. We have tons of slides from like the latter part of the 20th century. So if I could get all those slides digitized, if I could get all of these like CD-ROM, oh gosh, um, that was just my desk, sorry. CD-ROM images all digitized and organized, like just kind of have a curator for digital content. That, that would be amazing. Do you think so. that you could um, have like a, an intern like help with that situation? Yeah, yeah, especially from, you know, historical preservation program. Um, so we have the Fleming Smith Scholars, um, which um, is a scholarship program with UMW to intern for us. And so we mm-hmm. get about two students a semester, but they're usually more interested in being with the curatorial team. Oh, see, so. I don't, I um, actually said to my husband the other day, I would, I wish somebody would just um, sit me in a basement with a bunch of stuff, you know, just a bunch of things. And I, I don't, I don't care. Like, I don't know. It's. It's well, just, hey, if you want a summer internship, come on down. <laughs> I mean, I really don't have anything to do this summer. I'm not going to take classes, but um, that does sound very interesting. How would I go about uh, doing that? Yeah, so, um, you know, we have like a volunteer program mm-hmm. um, where we need volunteers in like every department. But if you wanted it actually like for class credit, um, I can find out kind of what what the process is for that. I'm not, not quite sure to be honest. Cause um, like I said, most of those interns are with other departments. They either want to be in the archeology span lab or digging outside, or they want to be with the curators, like going through objects. And so um, I've just never had an intern myself, but. Oh, um, you know what? I am on it. I will be, I will, I will definitely help you out there. That would be amazing. <laughs> yeah, we just have so much content that just sits on the shelves yeah. that we can't use digitally. 
I mean, it would be great to be sharing these photos throughout the centennial year on Facebook. Mm -hmm. You know, here's, I found one of the governor of Virginia during the Great Depression, you know, visiting Kenmore or Eleanor Roosevelt was here or um, just all these momentous, you know, dates in our history that, you know, are just sitting in binders, you know, so um, that's, that's something that if I had an unlimited budget, I would do. All right. Or advertising for sure. Let's see. Um, so you already, you did say you produce video content. You have a YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Um, what are those like short informative pieces, like maybe like less than five minutes or how, how, what's your standard video look like? Yeah. It's usually, like you said, five minutes or less, you know, the, the research says that you lose people at about four to five minutes. You're right. um, (laughs) So we like to keep them shorter and, um, the lives and legacies kind of brand it's part of our mission statement is to educate about the lives and legacies of the Washington and the Lewis families. So, um, we're telling the stories through what we're, studying here, what the archaeologists are uncovering, what the curators, um, you know, have, have come to find out about the objects in the house. And um, we'll, we'll do just kind of colonial 18th century little history pieces that don't necessarily have to do with maybe something that happened here, but something from the time period, like trying to think of an example, like Christmas time, we'll make like the famous holiday punch that they would make. Well, recipes in general, I think I've seen you guys do. Yeah, syllabub is what they call it, I think. And so they'll they'll make syllabub on the, you know, video. And so it's kind of a combination of, um, of different topics on the blog um, or, you know, during the construction of the Washington house, we were filming a lot of what was going on and okay, today we're putting up the timber frame or, you know, today we're lining the, the stone foundation and showing those processes. So that's yeah. also still on the YouTube channel now. I need to check those. Yeah. Out. <laughs> yeah. Check us out. It's also um, called um, the George Washington foundation oh, is our okay. channel name, I think. And if you go to our website, I think it will link to it as well. Okay. On the, like, you know, at the bottom of the screen, it's got like your, your social icons. You can mm-hmm. I think, find YouTube there. I need to, yeah, I definitely need to dive into that because I, I know that um, we learned very briefly in, in our classes um, at UMW about how, you know, when you, when you, when a place has to decide whether they're going to be a restoration or if they're going to be a, uh, you know, what, what it is that they're going to be. And um, just a fascinating way, like archeologically, they were just like, okay, this is what we found and now we're going to build it. And so, yeah, that's, that's exactly what they did over the Washington house. They, they were like, okay, we, we found the side of the house. Now let's figure out all the elements of the house that we can find in, in the ground. Um, I mean, they found things from what kind of nails were used mm-hmm. to what the paint color was because there was fragments of plaster with paint still on it in the ground. I mean, it's just amazing what they can figure out um, from archeology. span And then they worked with historians um, and also like an architecture firm that specializes in historic preservation. They're called Misik Cohen. They're I think out of, well, it's either Williamsburg or Charlottesville, um, but amazing architectural firm that has that historical background that was able to, to draw up these plans. And then they work with um, historic um, tradesmen 
you know, the contractors and the roofers and the bricklayers and the masons, you know, had, all had to come together to make that project possible. It was pretty amazing. Was uh, Professor Spencer involved? Do you know? Um, I don't know. His, his specialty in, in our, um, in our department is the historic building technology. So okay. he, he is actually the one who will bring a class up to the attic of Kenmore or any building and be like, look, this is blah, 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 blah. And so yeah, that seems like right up his alley. Uh, let's see. Um, what has been the most surprising aspect of your career so far? Good question. Um, one thing that's really surprised me is that there's really no one way to, to do things in the, especially in this nonprofit and arts related industry, um, arts and history and culture, um, kind of lump history into the arts, but, um, is that it's just really kind of a, um, trying to think of the right phrase, um, like it's very organic and figuring out how things work best. You know, it's, it's not like, okay, there's, I'm thinking of like accounting, for example, there's one way to do accounting. To balance up the checkbook. <laughs> right. Like there, there's way. no deviating, but in, in these jobs in, in this field, it's like, okay, like I, I can um, experiment with things and I, I can see what works and what doesn't work. And um, so I guess I, I, kind of came into this career thinking, okay, like there's one way to do these things. There's one way to fundraise. There's one way to do social media um, interpretation. And, and there's really not. Uh, it's just, yeah. yeah, a lot of different ways you can do it. Digital stuff in general, it's, and it's ever changing. So what, just when you think you find the right way to do something. <laughs> exactly. <it can> change. <laughs> exactly. And so I guess in that spirit, is there anything that you would rather keep analog or like, I know you said um, that you still do newspapers and magazines because, you know, you have a big audience and knowing your audience is important. So exactly. Yeah, I would want to definitely keep some um, some analog uh, print advertising. Um, you know, we've got tons of files over here in my office that are old newspapers. And, um, you know, even though that's kind of phasing out um, and, and everything's going online, you know, I think it still is a viable channel for us, at least in our audience, um, like you said. So, um, yeah, I think as far as like the exhibit, the digital interpretation in an exhibit, um, you know, that that's something that, yes, you can have video screens and content running, but you do need to have some, you know, on paper, um, and on the wall kind of um, content. So, you know, we, we recreated a lot of, um, through the construction process of the Washington House, a lot of like panels throughout the, the visitor center that describe the, the Washington House and, and the process that it was built. So um, I don't know if that would really fall into the analog category, but you know, you do in the exhibit world, at yeah. least you need to have that, you know, actual look at it pictures Brick um, versus like things yeah whereas some museums are you know a, a phone or ipad you've got your um you know ipad tour you can take or yeah. you know you can have a digital guide to the museum right here but i think you it's really important still to have visuals there to look at as well 
Well, and I guess this, this is probably a good place to, um, to wrap up, but I will say that in addition to this, um, um, interviewing you, um, there's, I also have that assignment that I may have told you about, um, finding digital solutions for, um, people with um, mobility issues, whether it be wheelchairs or strollers, just small kids. And I know that, mm -hmm. uh, Kenmore, uh, is very limited because it's, you know, it's original, um, uh, but my, I guess my hypothetical solution um, is basically to, to, to let your, to your, let your visitors know, Hey, if you um, have these mobility issues, you please come, come to see us anyway. Um, and the only thing I can think of is, and this is what I'm proposing is that your family member or the people that are with you in your group, they can, um, they can leave you outside in the, in the beautiful gardens that you guys have there at Kenmore. Um, and they can, um, just, you, you can basically FaceTime with them while they're inside. Mm. Um, and, and the reason why I, I would be like, cause a lot, a lot of people would be like, well, why don't you just stay home and do that then? Well, um, earlier when we were talking, you just get, when you're in the presence of something like George Washington stood here, there's mm -hmm. a feeling that you get. And yeah. I wouldn't want those people to miss out on that feeling. So I would still want them to come to Kenmore and experience, you know, George Washington walked here or in, and I use the example of anything Lincoln because I'm from the land of Lincoln. Um, yeah. <laughs> but when I go to like Ford's theater or whatever, and I'm like, oh my gosh, they, they took him from here to here when he was dying. Like I get that feeling. Yes. And so um, I guess what, my, what I'm trying to say is that I would still want visitors to come and visit, even if they can't get inside the house. And they can do that by using digital technology that we have today. Yeah. So I was just wondering if you had any thoughts on that. Yeah, so it, it has been proposed to have um, an audio tour okay. here. And so possibly, you know, that audio equipment could be given to a handicapped individual and they could stay outside and, and hear that tour, um, you know, not see it. But we also have um, a book that's given out in, in the gallery museum building at Kenmore that has all the rooms and photos of all the, you know, big prominent pieces of furniture. And so someone that can't make it in the mansion can look through that book, but that's not digital, but yeah. perhaps we turn that into yeah. um, some kind of um, app that you could pull up on your phone and do kind of a virtual tour. A lot of museums are doing those virtual tour ideas. So maybe that's something to think about is, um, you know, a kind of app slash virtual tour. Um, but I love the idea um, of it just being, hey, have your family member, you yeah. know, videotape it, FaceTime you. Yeah, because original, um, like, early ideas, um, prototypes were like, all this specific, like stuff, like have the curator wear like a GoPro and be able to talk. I'm like, no, it's not, it doesn't need to be that crazy. It just, we all have iPhones or um, iPads and um, we could probably figure it out very inexpensive, like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. All righty. Well, I won't keep you from your chai latte any longer. Oh, thank you. <laughs> no worries. No worries. That was funny. Um, but I will leave you with one quick thing since you're a Lincoln fan. Today is the 155th anniversary of the assassination of Lincoln. Oh my gosh. I yeah. should know that. <laughs> <laughs> and I only know it because it came up on my Facebook memories. Um, I'm related to William Henry Seward, 
So that was Lincoln's Secretary of State. Oh. And um, I had, you know, just an informational post I had made because that night that Lincoln got shot, they came after Seward as well. And um, they stabbed him like 10 Ooh. times in his home and he survived. He survived. <laughs> I really need to look that look that whole story up. That's very scandalous. Yeah, it really was. Sometimes. Yeah, it really was. So So 155 years since he was um, shot. That means is does Ford's theater, they're they're closed right now, aren't they? I think so. Yeah. Would they normally, normally do something like to commemorate that? Oh, that's a good question. They, you know, they should do, that would be a, a, not fun event, but it would be informative and to actually be on the day that it happened. Okay. Well, thank you so much. I will be in touch about um, uh, doing kind of an internship thing. That sounds like something that's right up my alley. (laughs) Please. And I'll I'll talk to um, the appropriate staff people that, that work with interns and figure out what that process is. Okay. Yeah. And if you have any other questions as you're doing your, your project, let me know. All right. Thank you so much. You have a good day. You too. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. Bye-bye. Bye.